In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus came to the district of Judea and the far side of the Jordan, and again crowds gathered round him, and again he taught them, as his custom was. Some Pharisees approached him and asked, Is it against the law for a man to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He answered them, What did Moses command you? Moses allowed us, they said, to draw up a writ of dismissal and so to divorce. Then Jesus said to them, It was because he was so unteachable that he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. This is why a man must leave father and mother, and the two become one body. They are no longer two, therefore, but one body. So then, what God has united, man must not divide. Back in the house, the disciples questioned him again about this, and he said to them, The man who divorces his wife and marries another is guilty of adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she is guilty of adultery too. The Gospel of the Lord It used to be an unquestionable moral and sacramental doctrine, almost akin to an article of faith, that Catholics cannot divorce. But with the prevalence of divorce in our society, even among Catholics, it is now becoming common to hear many Catholics questioning the logic of this teaching. Why hold on to something archaic and no longer practical, a legacy of a former era, in the face of undeniable reality that many marriages fail and people shouldn't be forced to remain in a relationship which they no longer believe in. I hate to disappoint all these detractors who are crying for a reform of the Church's teaching on marriage and divorce, but the Church cannot change this perennial teaching because she has no authority to do so. The Church's teaching and concerns about divorce and remarriage do not have their origin in some sort of uptight Church with a bunch of uptight rules. The forbiddance of divorce and marriage is divine law. That is, it comes from the very lips of Jesus. So those who argue that the church should change her teaching on this matter are taking the church to do something, are asking the church to do something she cannot do. They are asking her to overrule Jesus. Despite the widespread allowance of divorce in his own culture, and even some allowance of it in the Mosaic Law. Our Lord, when asked if divorce and remarriage were permissible, simply says, no. He goes even further and says that those who do so commit ongoing adultery in their second marriages. Don't take my word for it. Take the Lord's word. He said it, not me. Nor was this an invention of the Church. 
There'll be many who will walk away because they feel that both the Lord's teachings as well as the church is too hard and demanding. But this should never be the reason to set aside this teaching because its demands will offend someone or other. But And there will be others who will cite the ever-favorite what would Jesus do in a situation argument, arguing that our Lord is merciful and ever-forgiving, and that we should therefore make pastoral allowances for people who divorce and remarry. But the same Lord who speaks of forgiveness also says, no divorce. There is tension here, but we do not resolve tensions by picking one and discarding the other. Some tensions we have to live with. At the end of the day, we cannot set aside the Lord's heart sayings in favor of human accommodation. For those who are unteachable, those who see no need for repentance, the church's accommodation to their situation is the only acceptable option. But for the meek and teachable, obedience is the only option. Fidelity is the only option, and this flows from repentance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.